advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. This episode is going to be called Adrenaline slash Bell. It's Donkey Week as the Kansas City Chiefs get ready to take on the Denver Broncos. Mitch Holters with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we call the shop, the barber shop. He's the Spider-Man. He's had movies uh, named after him. And before we get into anything else, he's got his bows 700 headphones back on this week, as do I. These are incredible. You'll experience an immersive listening experience at any volume and impressive bass response. I mean, these are like no headphones I've ever had. These are the best. You can go to Bose.com and check them out. Shop, you ever done it where you, you'll buy a car and then the only cars you ever see out and about are the same car you just bought? <laughs> you know that feeling? like. Especially when you have a good thing. You know, to love and to lose is better than never to love at all. The fact <laughs> that I've had these on last week when I didn't have them, I felt like a man lost. I felt like a like somebody didn't kill my dog or my puppy. Or so. I was like, man, like now I have them back. I feel like my superpower is back. I feel like I'm like I can fly, like I can zoom, man. I feel like I'm complete again. So, hey, man, man, word up. All shout out, all respect out to Bose with these 700s. Mm-hmm. Got me back in my zone, man. I feel like I'm back in my zone. These are for real. I love my wife, but when she looks, I don't even look at them. Don't even look at them. <laughs> it's like Otto the dog that we featured last week on our dog podcast. And how about that? Let's revisit the dog podcast. That like We had like 60 dog pictures come in. But didn't the Chiefs show some dog? Didn't they show dog in that Monday afternoon win at Buffalo? Hey, man, we pre-called it. We asked for the dog to come out, the alpha dog, the junkyard, the JYD, and that offensive line, don't matter which five names you name, there was five junkyard dogs on that offensive line, and they was getting after the Bills' butts every snap for the tone of 260-plus yards on the ground. You talk about ground and pound. You talk about embarrassing the team. If that's supposed to be one of the most ferocious fronts defensively that we're going to see this year I, I don't know what to say about the rest of the year let, let them eat let those dogs eat let them eat they let them out of the back of the pickup and they were on the hunt it was awesome to see it ended up being in many ways the best rushing performance in Andy Reid's 22 years as a head coach Eagles or Chiefs but let's get into that a little bit because it is the Denver Broncos they're coming in with some confidence they won in Foxborough we all know how difficult it is to win there and they were able to get in there and beat them 18 to 12. And the Broncos are like the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. They're sick of losing to the Chiefs. They're going to load up every bit of ammo they got to try to get this game. Think they'll get a Noah Fant back, A.J. Boye, uh, Melvin Gordon. They should be at full tilt to go. And they got Drew Locke, the Lee Summit Flash, back in at quarterback for them. So let's deal with these dogs that we're talking about of the Chiefs. And it's those guys that had to fill in on the offensive line because this Defending the Kingdom episode is entitled Adrenaline slash bell, because we're going to get into Le'Veon here in a little bit. Have you ever been in a circumstance as a football player, as a person, mm-hmm. where you had to just rely on adrenaline? All of a sudden, you were thrust in a roll, yet, okay, i got to get ready for it. Now it's there, and now you got to do it, and there's no time to think, and you're going almost on the primal instinct of adrenaline, and uh, not just not fear, but just the instinct that you've got to get this done. You don't have a choice. Ever been Man. there? 
And when I think of the, the 10 years of the league, my five years at playing University of Richmond and my two years of high school, there were multiple times where I thought I was going to be uh, the starting cornerback. And because of injury, I moved to safety halfway through the game with no reps at safety. Uh, I was a starting safety for a year at University of Richmond. And then because of injury, I got moved down in the box to become a, a weak side linebacker. Coach said, hey, it's the same calls, the same thing as being safety. Cover three, you're in the box. Instead of being 12 yards, you're just going to be at four yards. Uh, be instinctful, go play ball. And, and in all those moments, what you have to rely on is your instinct. As a football player, when I see guard guards pull, I go to the next gap. When I see a flash of color, I know somebody's coming from that side to hit him. I better be ready to take on that block and go upfield to make a tackle. So when in doubt, you got you to gotta go back. It's, that fear of flight, when, it, when, it, when that adrenaline rush hits you, it's game time and the ball's kicked off. Hey, man, you got to be ready to answer the call. And I think our guys up front, they didn't know it. Going up into the week, who was going to be the guy? And with um, Schwartz coming out after the first series or so with the back injuries, we had to reshuffle the deck. Our guys got after it. The adrenaline kicked in. And all they did is answer the bell time and time again. Nobody wants to hear high school football stories, but I'm going to go ahead and tell one just because it illustrates the point. In my senior year, you know, I'm going to highlight the football program there is important where I grew up, but my buddy was the quarterback, a really good athlete, way better than me. I'm going to play defense. I'm going to make all league, but I'm the backup quarterback. We're getting ready to go on the field. I tell him, dude, just don't get hurt because I'm going to make all conference on defense and have some fun. First quarter, first game, he breaks his leg. Mm. I'm thinking, man, oh man, feel bad for you. The second thing is, crap i gotta play quarterback no more defense i don't even know what happened the rest of that game we won but it was like i was going off pure instinct dude said i was making up plays in the huddle and but then i woke up saturday morning everybody's patting you on the back hey way to go way to go you filled in great and i'm thinking crap i gotta do this the rest of the year and i gotta get ready for next week when now everybody's got tape going man he can't throw over 10 yards we're gonna put 15 guys in the box it, just to illustrate this point though that offensive line group that both of you, both you and I were so proud of, we talked about this on Chiefs Rewind. Now the adrenaline's worn off. Now they're going to Denver to play a motivated, ticked-off team, probably in the snow. And now, what's the next step? Well, we know that the Denver Broncos' D-line cannot say they got taken uh, – uh, uh, they didn't know what was coming. Yeah. If you're not preparing for this running game, if you're not preparing for – uh, Clyde um, to get the ball in that stretch and the RPO reads and the stretch and cut type offense we running and you're going to play pass first. You think you're going to beat this team by playing passive, playing uh, dropping seven or eight guys into every coverage and you're going to be passive on your defensive line against the run. You've seen on film now what will happen to you. So they can't say it was uh, they were caught off guard. So now that the cat's out the bag, right? The cat's out the bag. The Chiefs can run the ball, and they can run it very efficiently, and they will not stop if you don't stop them. So the Denver Bronco defensive line, I think it's led by uh, Chubb. Um, he's an awesome threat. He's an awesome guy. But um, on film, he's, he's, he's more of a pass rusher. He plays high. He's not a, a stud against the running game. So um, we have the opportunity to really uh, gear it up again. Keep this running game going until the Broncos, until those donkeys up front show that they can stop the run. I want to have some fun in that snow and pound them some more. All right, guys had to step in 
First of all, uh, Mike Remmers was going to start at left guard. He started at left guard. He had never played there in a regular season game in a couple series, and he's got to ship out the right tackle because Schwartz is out. That means Allegretti's got to go into left guard. He had had a couple placement protection snaps, but not, and maybe some tackle over tackle, but never like the real stuff where you're the guy, one of the five. Go get him. Daniel Kilgore has got a lot of experience, but he hadn't played yet this year. He played on four placement snaps all season, and Wiley and, and Fish. That was it. That was it. But those guys played. When I went back and looked at the video, I was astonished at how well they worked together shop. There were combo blocks. There were reach blocks. They were getting to the second level blocks, uh, the fourth and inches flip bone play. They got to everybody they needed to get to. Um, so to work like that, I guess, sucks about the preparation. But now what you're telling me, and I've always been fascinated about this in the, the NFL, they know what time you get up. They know what time you go to bed. They know what toothpaste you use. They know what floss you use. I mean, there's no secrets now, so now you go to the next level. To me, that's one of the most intriguing things about this Denver game with the Chiefs' offensive line. And, and you have to take your hat off to Coach Andy Heck, right? Coach Andy Heck did a phenomenal job of having all his guys ready, not just the starting five. Everybody in the room was ready. When you talk about the communication level from those duo blocks, the tag blocks, the combo blocks, right? Uh, big on big. We call them Bob. Big on big. The way they comboed up to the second level. All those different techniques were done at such a high level. It's amazing that through the depths of our offensive line, even the second guy was just as effective as the first guy. And that Andy could continuously that entire game for four quarters, not just a half of football, but for four quarters, continue to dial up that running game and keep getting positive plays, positive plays. It, I mean, that, that was, like you said, that was one of the, the, the all-time uh, great games. When I talk about Andy Reid sticking with something that was working, <laughs> man, seven, eight yards a carry. I don't think I've ever seen a Andy Reid's team run for that kind of efficiency in one ball game. It was impressive. I'll tell you who else was impressed. We're going to hear these comments. You and I and Anna Tobkin, who's producing our uh, Defending the Kingdom episode here as well. She also defends Chiefs Rewind. You can get go to the Chiefs YouTube page. You can find it after every game. But here's what I like. The two guys that maybe appreciated it the most were the two most prolific offensive players for the Chiefs in this game. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes and running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who had a phenomenal game of 161 yards. They knew where their bread was buttered. And you talk about Pat, the, the, when the post game came, the one thing he said is those guys, man, did you see what the offensive line was doing? You talk about my quarterback play. Yeah, I, I threw for two touchdowns. But he even admits some of my passing was off. And so when we relied on the running game to receive that type of uh, return on your investment, when you talk about um, giving the carries to a young man, it's, he knows how to go north and south. It's not much sideline to sideline. He knows how to get to that goal line. And he continued to just fight for, for yardage. He ran with a purpose, a passion, but it's nothing special. He didn't put on a Superman cape. Coach Eric Bieniemy said, hey, hey, young man, control the things you can control. That's the only thing we want you to do. You can't control Lev Bell. You can't control anybody else on this team. When the ball is in your hand, you have control of it. Do what you do. Be you. And that's exactly what that young man did. And he did it at a very high level. Here's the reaction of Patrick Mahomes and Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Yeah, I think the, the O-line and uh, those guys really took it personally upon themselves that uh, the light boxes that we've been facing and uh, the pressure that, that was given up the last week. And they took that personally this week, and you saw it You saw it today. They, they gave good holes for Clyde to run through. 
Uh, we had to shuffle those guys around. The guys stepped up, and, and Clyde really hit it and uh, finished runs well. Oh, they did They did amazing. And, I mean, the uh, <laughs> everything, that, everything that they did made my job that much more easier. I mean, we got as – soon as, as soon as the ball was snapped, I mean, we had movement. I knew exactly where I was going with the ball, even if it wasn't telegraphed. I mean, even before, you know, I'm, I'm getting the ball. I just knew exactly where I was going. So, ultimately, this uh, <laughs> the rushing yards wasn't mine. It was – it was mine plus the whole line. So big, big, big shout out to those guys. <laughs> those are my dogs. And ultimately, man, they, they do their job. It makes my job that much more easy. I'm going to tell you another spin to this too, Shop. When I looked at the video, I'm not so sure this wasn't Travis Kelsey's best blocking game. If not the best, top five. It's like he took his game up a notch because he was asked to block a lot, not just those two touchdown catches. How does it affect the other guys Around we think of those five offensive linemen. But what about others who go? Nope, I got to step it up. Because you talk about the five offensive linemen, but then you also have Travis Kelsey, and then the backup tight end that creates seven blockers. That's a seven-man front. And if you're talking about defensively, the mindset of facing the Chiefs, where you're going to drop multiple extra defenders into the zone, I'm sorry, mentally that team was not prepared to take on double teams. Uh, um, the, the, the warfare and the battle in the trenches, when you're thinking about dropping the coverage, am I going to drop two to three? Am I going to car carry Kelsey up the scene? Am I going to be responsible for going with the number three receiver? That's an entirely different mindset for a defensive guy. And when those defensive mindsets are pass-orientated, and before you know it, Clyde Hilaire is running the ball up the gut, running it, taking control of the A-gap, B-gap, off the edge. You're not prepared for it. And you saw what happened on the game all four quarters when you don't have the right mindset on a defensive front, when you don't consider your front seven run stoppers first and you try to go into that pass first mentality versus the Chiefs, it's going to be a long day versus our running game. The other thing I impressed, I was impressed about in the Buffalo game with the blockers and the offense as a whole and that those five on the offensive line Here's the line of screen. Here's the drive starts in this game. Up to when Danny Dirty Dan Sorensen got the pick at the end. 17, 25, 25, 10, 20, 18, 6, 13. The Chiefs have not had field position really this year. If you look at a 5 and 1 start, there haven't been, oh, this drive gets to start at the enemy 45. And those five offensive linemen are going, no, wait a minute. Is this our goal line or theirs? No, that's where they're wanting to go, and you're backed up. So figure it out. All right, I guess we'll go for a 13 play drive. Mentally, that tells me a lot about this team and those guys that they did. Because many times we see guys melt like butter, don't we not? When do we not? When we're sitting there going, "Man, is that our goal line? Wow, that's going to be rough. We got to go 95 yards." These guys didn't blink nor flinch. When your back is against the wall and you feel like your goal line is only a few yards away, it's hard to pass it. It's hard to be confident when you call in pass plays. You know that a sack could be a safety. That kind of mindset has guys on eggshells. But when you start dialing up that running game, uh, that offensive line, they start to uh, uh, saliva a little bit. Their mouth starts to water. It's like a big old T-bone for a dog. It wants to go eat. And they get so encouraged when you feed them. You keep feeding them because the, the, the mentality is that road-grade mentality. They're just going to lay that lane down and let uh, uh, Clyde Hilaire just ride on down uh, 435 on his way. And that's exactly what they did, man. They opened up such big running lanes um, Clyde, Clyde, it was multiple times he was five, six yards down the field before the first person even touched him or had an opportunity to, to even touch him. Those are the type of rushing lanes, even when you're backed up and the defense is coming out excited because they feel like you got 75 yards 
85 yards. There's no way you're going to score a touchdown on that kind of defense with uh, having that long a field to go. Our offense did exactly what they needed to do. Go get a first down, a first down, and then think about getting a touchdown in that order. And Pat humbled himself, played himself within the game, taking the short dunks, taking the short throws to get, get them to loosen up. But also, I mean, always ready just to hand the ball off because it was it was working so well all game long. It was impressive. And again, this Defending the Kingdom episode, Mitch Holtus with you along with Sean Barber. We're calling it Adrenaline, then slash Bell, because now we're going to the remainder of our podcast, deal with the newest chief. There's a new 26 on the field, and he's not wearing black and gold, and he's not wearing green and white. He's wearing red and gold. Le'Veon Bell, and everybody's asking me, they're asking you on shows and in private conversations, What's going on? How's he going to fit in? How's it going to affect Clyde? Because I got Clyde on my fantasy team. That's what they really want to know. But where do you see Le'Veon Bell fitting into this group as they head to Denver to take on a motivated Bronco team? Man, I see Le'Veon Bell as being a master of all trades. Um, he's been able to uh, carry the ball out the backfield, short yardage, open field, um, backed up in the red zone. He's also able to get into a slot receiver position and work the interior kind of like a Julian Edelman. He, he's a master of getting open. Um, when we talk about a team offensively who, right, we're, we're still dealing with Sammy Watkins being down through a, a hamstring injury. Um, he kind of fits that role better than almost any receiver on our on our roster as far as being a physical type um, and being so he works so well in those tight spaces. And he has hands like a receiver. I mean, he, he's a guy you can put almost anywhere on the field, and he can be productive. The only reason I think that he struggled while at the Jets was, number one, they had no other weapons, so he was being covered by the best corners, the best safeties. And then in the running game, they were nine, ten guys in the box every time he handed the ball off. So he was struggling to just get back to the line of scrimmage. They talk about two yards of carry. There was somebody in the defensive in the offensive backfield every other time he even grabbed the ball. So... You can't, you can't defend us the way that defenses defended the Jets. You try to do that to us, and we'll put 80 points on the board. So I think opening up our offense, having a, a, a versatile tool uh, with the skill level of one uh, Le'Veon Bell, it's just it's the go on. Let's, 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 let's open up the next chapter of Andy Reid's offense and see what Lev Bell can do uh, with a little bit of space and Pat Mahomes at quarterback and our offensive line throwing the ball with Cheetah going downfield, McCole Hartman on the crossing route, and, and a seven-route run by one Travis Kelsey. Here's the irony of this discussion, talking about the adrenaline, the offensive line, will it wear off, and now what happens? These two topics are actually combined to me. I think Le'Veon Bell, when he's out there, helps the offensive line. One, if it's pass pro, he is a willing pass protector. Remember T. Rich when he played for the Chiefs. He didn't just pass protect. He would light you up. Remember those RB linebacker drills at camp? He was like, let's go. Uh, but Bell's the same way. He's a willing pass blocker. Plus, he's a great screen runner. He's a great check down receiver. Those things, to me, all help the offensive line. And I think that's where the underlying uh, benefit of having Le'Veon Bell here is with, with the beat-up offensive line. The other thing is, don't put it past Andy Reid. Oh, is that Clyde in there at the same time? With Le'Veon Bell, who's in the slot, as you mentioned, like a Julian Edelman, maybe they're in there at the same time. Think about the flip bone play. The Chiefs ran for a touchdown against the Bills. I mentioned this on the Chiefs Rewind Show. What if those three backs are now Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Darrell Williams? Oh, but your tight end is Travis Kelsey, and now the cheetah can go to wide receiver. All five of those cats you got to 
you know, defend. So there's other things. I think if you think beyond the obvious here, where Bell really helps this team and he can help them as early as this week. So if I ask you a question, who are you going to double? Are you going to double Tyreek Hill down the field? Are you going to put your best cover safety or linebacker on, on Travis Kelsey? Are you going to try to spy Pat Mahomes to keep him scrambling? Well, now you got to double Le'Veon Bell because no linebacker can cover him one-on-one. And then you got Clyde Hilaire sneaking out in the flat. That, that, I need about 15 defensive guys to get all that done. And I'm sorry. Defensively, you only got 11 to work with. And it just doesn't add up. So um, I know there's some there's some there's some night nightmares going on right now in the NFL. There's defensive coordinators who are going to spend some um, some long nights trying to find out um, how to actually try to stop and, and and keep this Chiefs offense out of the end zone. I just don't see any. I don't I don't know what the answer is because I don't think I've ever seen a a a combination of so many guys on a high level of skill on the same offense with somebody as creative as Coach Andy Reid and Coach Bienemy that can use all of those weapons. And I, to me, it leads to this game too because the one thing that Denver's got as an A on their grade card in the start is their great in red zone defense. They're number three in the National Football League. They're hard to score on uh, when you get down there. And so give him credit. Vic Fangio's a defensive guy. He's the head coach, but he comes from a defensive background. He's very well respected in this league as a defensive guy. But to me, Le'Veon Bell also becomes a red zone threat. Mentioned you can run a draw in the red zone. You can run those check downs. You can run a screen down there maybe. But the problem is for the defenders, now all of a sudden, all of that that you mentioned, because there's a, there is going to be a lot of sleepless nights that turn into early mornings going, did I sleep? No, you didn't sleep. And there's four more things to worry about. Here it is. Wow, I didn't sleep. Uh, but the fact that I think it will help red zone. for the, the Chiefs have been good in the red zone, but I think they can be even better and they're made better with the potential of a Le'Veon Bell. We talk about stretching a defense vertically, but now we talk about stretching them horizontally when it gets in the red zone. Are you going to cover Tariq Hill on jet motion for the sweep? Are you covering Nicole Hartman on the delayed motion? Are you covering Kelsey on the check down? Are you covering the pitch phase to um, uh, Clyde Hilaire? Are you going to cover the draw to Le'Veon Bell? And now you got Pat Mahomes scrambling out. I don't, I don't know if you have enough personnel with enough – I mean, I don't know how you can focus long enough on your job defensively to even know what you're supposed to do. If you're the spy, am I spying Le'Veon? If I'm spying for Kelsey to help inside out, am I spying for Pat to keep him from running? I mean, I think you just got to – this is – the whole grease board is being erased right now in the NFL. The defensively, <laughs> it's back to the drawing board. We got to erase what – uh, dropping seven, uh, whatever they thought that was going to stop the Chiefs early on that um, the Raiders did and the, the Patriots did. I, yeah, we're back to the drawing board. we got to find a way to get 15 guys on the field and for the league to allow us because that's the only way it's going to be a fair fight, I think, against this offense going forward. I just got a text from Eric Fisher. You're leaving out the corner pattern to the uh, tackle eligible play. Oh, yeah, okay. Just throw that in there. Oh, oh uh, the Shermanator scoop pass. <laughs> the Shermanator scoop pass. Come on, man. All right. This Defending the Kingdom episode, adrenaline, the adrenaline rush. When it wears off, what do you got? And then Le'Veon Bell. Those Bose headphones look good on you, my friend, particularly that sweatshirt. Perfect. Um, these Bose phones, uh, headphones 700, great as a holiday gift idea. These are, there's headphones and then there's these. They've redefined it. You can go to Bose.com to check them out. All right, here we go. 
Denver, um, got to get ready to go shop. Uh, no more ambushes in this division. Everybody in the division sick of losing to the Chiefs. They're sick of nine straight losses to the Chiefs by the Broncos. Uh, five straight in Denver. You're going to face a motivated foe, so let's go take care of business. Yeah, Denver's coming off a big win against the Patriots, and they want a little bit of this, but guess what? We, we, we're amped up and ready for it. We had our wake-up call against the Raiders. They did their circle around Arrowhead. Yeah, they woke up the beast, so let's make sure we give them exactly what they want. We're going to be ready to punch people in the mouth from this from this game on throughout the season, and we're going to see if the league can, can, take, can take that first blow from the Kansas City Chiefs. He is the shop. He's the barber shop. He's the Spider-Man. He's Sean Barber, 10-year National Football League veteran. I'm Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs. Chiefs, Broncos, get ready to keep running it back.